My guest this evening comes to us from the Great White North. He is a pilot, a hockey player, and his album entitled Who I Am is making a huge splash on the music charts and with his fan base worldwide. Some call him the renegade, some call him the enemy, but you're going to get to know him as Corey Marks. Stick around. We're going to visit with the North Bay, Ontario native when we return. This is Backstage Pass Radio, the podcast that's designed for the music junkie with a thirst for musical knowledge. Hi, this is Adam Gordon, and I want to thank you all for joining us today. Make sure you like, subscribe, and turn alerts on for this and all upcoming podcasts. And now, here's your host of Backstage Pass Radio, Randy Halsey. Corey, what's up, brother? How you doing this evening? Hey, Randy, I'm good, man. Hanging in there. How are you? Good, good. So it sounds like you had a a busy day in the studio there. You're in uh, Vegas at the hideout with with Kevin and Kane this week, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, we're working on album number two, and that's coming along very well. I'm I'm really excited for this this new album and uh, looking forward to wrapping it up this week and, and then getting it out in 2022. Awesome. Well, we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, that and how the how the listeners can find you here. How's life treating you? You know, I I know that we've been all kind of locked down through this pandemic. I think at one time, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you were residing in Nashville, but you're back home in North Bay uh, because of the pandemic. Or my or my facts correct there? Uh, no, well, I, I um no, I've been I've been living like I live in Sturgeon Falls, which is uh, just uh, about. 25 miles west of North Bay where I grew up and uh, my girlfriend and I lived there. Uh, I was going to move to Nashville, uh, but, but the pandemic hit, so I never made it that far. But uh, over the years, since 2012, I've been making many trips, pretty much uh, a trip every couple months down to Nashville to write and stuff like that uh, over the years. Uh, but, but for now I've been at home since, since COVID and um, you know, just, just glad to, to get back to work and, and finish this record and got a, got a little touring in there as well in, in September with Hailstorm and yeah you know just trying to trying to make the best of the situation in this crazy world. Just real quick, I wanted to give a quick shout out to to Jimmy at Better Noise Music for kind of helping get this thing facilitated between you and I. So thank you, Jimmy, for that. Um, so you mentioned that you're back in Vegas. At the hideout, you're recording with Kevin Cherko. How did that relationship begin with Kevin? That's an interesting relationship. It uh, it goes it goes way back in a sense where uh, my dad used to drive me to Toronto, which is about three hours south of North Bay, when I you know first started writing down in Nashville back in 2012, 2013, and I grew up on you know hard rock music and and you know one of those main artists being Ozzy Osbourne and Kevin writing and producing. A couple of Ozzy's records, that being uh, Scream and um, uh, Black Rain, you know that that was pretty much my high school, my my grade twelve soundtrack was that album. Mm-hmm. I loved it, and I remember specifically talking to my dad as we're driving on this three hour drive to Toronto. We played that record over, you know, two times over, and I know my dad was, you know, he's like, you know, that Kevin Churko guy, the producer, you know, he's he's from Canada and so on and so forth. But I was I was still fairly new to to all this stuff, so I wasn't really paying attention to players or, or musicians, you know, I was just trying to get my own foot in the door. Uh, sorry, players or producers. I was just trying to get my own foot in the door and try to learn, learn and be a better writer myself. Yep. And, uh, you know, but I, I do recall telling my dad like, man, let's see, is it even, even in my first re- record deal up in Canada, uh, you know, I was still on the rockier side, uh, not quite like this with Churko, but I remember telling my dad, man, it'd be so cool to have this, kind of production these guitar tones and drums but on a country record and i'm not sure if it was that trip or a, another trip not not too long after that you know kevin kevin's canadian as well he's, he's from saskatchewan so was my manager and turns out they went to school together grew up together oh, really in saskatchewan and i remember you know i would i would my manager had a as a condo there so we would stay there and again i'm not sure if it was that very trip i mentioned that you know, having a cool country record like that, sounding record like that, with that kind of production to my dad. I'm not sure if it was that trip or, or, the, or the next one, but Louie, my manager, says, you know, hey, man, hey, Corey, you should check this guy out. You know, uh, I know this guy. And sure enough, it's Kevin Turco. I'm like, no, what do you mean you know this guy? He goes, look at the bands he records. Like, you know, he recorded with Shania Twain, Five Finger Death Punch, Disturbed, Ozzy Osbourne. I'm like, well, what do you mean you know this guy? Like, make, 
then make a call, you know, right. Exactly. Pick said, well, up the phone. Know, one day, one, yeah. So like, <laughs> well, one day, you know, you'll, you'll get there. Maybe, maybe a, a couple of records from now, you know, he's, he's, he's big time. And it wasn't long after that, probably several months, not more than several months after that, Kevin Churko calls Louie and is like, Hey man, you know, I'm, do you have any, uh, looking to get back in the country? Do you have, is there any artists that stick out to you in Canada at all? And it just, Kevin goes, holy shit. Uh, Louis says, holy shit, I got the perfect guy. So he sent him some pictures and some of my music and, and Kevin, Kevin was dinging it. So he said, uh, you know, has he got any shows around Saskatchewan? Cause I'm going to go see my family. Uh, in, I believe it was June or July, I think July of, uh, 2015. And Louis says, well, a matter of fact, he's opening for Toby Keith at the Mosaic Place, a big hockey arena in, in, in Moose Jaw. So he says, well, I'll try to get to that show. Long story short, Kevin got to that show. He saw me open up for Toby Keith, and there he was waiting for me in my green room with a couple shots of Jack. Nice. Threw those back, shook hands. Yeah. I was actually the first song we wrote together. The first two songs we wrote and recorded together were Outlaws and Outsiders and Blame It on the Double that uh, following September in 2015, and the rest is history. Wow. Well, I was going to say it's a good thing you didn't piss Louie off at some point in time, or that connection may have never been made with Cherko <laughs> there, right? <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, pissed, I've pissed Louie off plenty of times. <laughs> <laughs> Probably 10 minutes ago, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right on. So, so you grew up in the province of Ontario. Uh, what was uh, you know life growing up in North Bay? Were you you a sports guy coming up? Uh, were you were you always a music uh, guy? Talk, take, you know, just take us back a little bit yeah, in time to the to the younger Corey Marks. I, I was uh, a little bit everything, man. I you know some would consider me. I mean, in a sense, a bit of an outcast because I wasn't you know your typical jock or or, or uh, you know definitely wasn't a nerd. <laughs> you know, I wasn't a smoker. I wasn't. You know, but but I had all kinds of friends that were, I never stuck to one group. And, you know, since I was a little kid, we had a big air show uh, in, in North Bay. And I think that's really how it all started for me because there's, there's the, the, the Heritage Festival is what it was called. So during during the day, you know, Saturday, Sunday, one to four was, was an air show, big, one of the biggest air shows in North America at the time, way back when. And then from, you know, six o'clock to 11, it, it were these it was massive concerts, all kinds of artists, pop, yep. rock, and country. And so I grew up on that for many years. Uh, so, so you know, from four or five, I was going up to air shows, and I've always been an air show and aviation guy myself. I'm, I just recently got my, finally finished my pilot license. So, you know, I was I was in aviation. I was always nerd, nerded out on that, loved, loved the military and that stuff. But at the age of 10, I started drumming and, uh, you know, you know, instead of going to parties and stuff like that or dances when I was like, you know, 14, 15 years old, I go to my buddy's house and we would jam out for hours and hours. That led to being in a, a metal band uh, called Inflict, a local, local band. And uh, that was great. We did everything from, we had our original thing. We recorded an album. We had all original songs, but we also covered like Arch Enemy and Pantera and stuff like that, Slayer. And, you know, but I, I grew up listening to Rush and Deep Purple and Grand Funk Railroad too, right? So I grew up to some really great music. And, uh, so I, I, you know, I joined some, some, I was in the high school bands, but I also, you know, from the age of three, I was, I was on skates. So yeah. I was always playing hockey. I grew up in a big North Bay is a really big hockey town, but it's a big military town as well. And also, you know, a bit of a musical family too. So I was always, uh, you know, fascinated with aviation music and, and of course the greatest game on earth, the Canadian game we call hockey. Yeah. And so I did all that. You know, I started uh, my flying lessons when I was 18, you know, so from the age of really from the age of three, it was hockey planes and a little bit later it was music. So, you know, I was really just involved in everything. You sound, you, you know, it sound like we were kind of poured out of the same mold in the fact that, uh, you know, in school, I, I never really fit into, I, even though I played sports, I, I was a music guy too, much like you. And I just kind of, uh, I call that kind of the chameleon personality, you know, the skin color can just change to to green if it yeah. needs to be green with that group and then brown if it needs to be yeah, that group and I I was not cast out by any of them or you could hang out with the the potheads or, or whatever you know I mean like like I was welcome in all the circles but never really was glued to to one of them yeah, so yeah yeah same I, I you know I had you know friends that I that I love dearly that were you know considered you know, you know high school can be mean and shit you know that oh yeah you know the losers the jocks the smokers the potheads yep. the 
all that shit. You know, I had friends in every category yep, and, uh, for sure. and, and for the most part still in my life today. So. Yep. Yep. Well, I was going to, I, when you, when you said something earlier about, uh, you know, Ozzy was kind of like the, the soundtrack of your, your growing up. I just got word, uh, yesterday morning. I knew you would uh, appreciate this. Uh, Rudy Sarzo, the bass player for, uh, Ozzy for many years and he played with Dio and White Snake and Quiet Riot. He's, he yeah. agreed to do the show here, uh, next month. Sweet. So yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward for to you, that. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, when you said, when you talked about Ozzy and I remember seeing a lot of the Ozzy pictures in the, uh, in the hide out there where, where you're recording yeah. kind of sparked my memory on that. So looking forward to that. But now you also played a, a stint of college hockey as well. Correct. Yeah. Um, I, I was, uh, well, I, I played, I played some junior major junior and I uh, had the opportunity to go to Ohio state university division one, the Buckeyes. But at 18, I didn't feel like I had one question. It was that, that was, uh, do I have to write that SAT test or whatever it's called? I said, well, yeah, it's a man- mandatory. So, well then I'm thank out. You, but no th- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that, I'll five. take the zero. <laughs> yeah, no. uh, just didn't want to do it. Right. And then sure enough, um, you know, two, three years down the line, I, uh, I figured, uh, the Royal military college of Canada, RMC scouted me and, and wanted me to be part of it. And after talking to mom and dad, I thought, well, instead of paying to go to school, I might as well get paid to go to school. Absolutely. I might as well play hockey for the next yeah. five years a good, you know, good quality hockey, get an education. And in the meantime, uh, get that much, that step, you know, be that, that much closer to my dreams of becoming a fighter pilot. Yeah. Uh, yep. but that didn't last too long either. Cause then I ended up picking up a guitar and singing and then turns out I was, you know, pretty good at that. So yeah. I kind of stuck, stuck with that. Were you a winger? Were you a defenseman? What, what, what position were you playing in hockey? <laughs> I switched up over the years. Cause I was, I was, you know, I was a fairly big kid growing up. Like, uh, you know, at 14, at 14 years old, I'd already reached that, you know, six foot, 180 pound mark. So yeah. I played, I played defense, uh, you know, in triple in, in A around 14, 15, and I went back to forward. And that's kind of where I stayed was a right winger, kind yeah, of yeah. a bit of a power forward, if you will. And, yep. Sure. You know, didn't grow too much taller. It stayed uh, just shy of six <laughs> one, but uh, yeah, yeah. come my last year, I was, you know, that power forward at that two twenty, two twenty five. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. It's my understanding, you know, you talked about it earlier. You were a drummer at a young age. What what got you into the drums of all instruments? Was that were you a pots and pans kid and that's what led to the drum or, or did somebody in the family have a drum kit and you just jumped in the kit one day and said, wow, this is pretty cool. Like talk, talk to me a little bit about the drums. Well, it was, you know, music was in my blood. It was just the way, the way I was brought up, the way I was born. My dad was a drummer. I love my dad. And, uh, you know, my mom, my mom played a little guitar and sang too. And she had a very musical family and, you know, love her very much too. And I was just, uh, you know, very lucky to grow up in a musical family. And, you know, obviously being from Canada, there was Rush. My dad's being from Toronto. Sure. Rush played his Rush played his high school uh, high school dance. He's been to over 30 Rush shows over the years. And I was lucky enough to see Rush with my dad mul- multiple times as well and get to see the professor do what he does. Oh, yeah. God bless him. Yep. And for those that don't know who that is, that's uh, the one and only Mr. Neil Peart. Peart. Yep. And, um, yeah, I, I started, uh, you know, I started on paint cans. I'd set up these paint cans my my dad was was painting painting the basement and in the walls and stuff at one point when i was about 10 years old 10 11 years old and uh i set up the paint cans just like neil's kit and played i get home from school and literally get them out of the closet set them all up and uh i remember it too right in front of the furnace place uh furnace room and i would play moving pictures pretty much front to back at, at 11 years old um and then that's when my parents decided i think we got to get him a drum kit and my dad taught me the the basic rudiments singles double five flam paradiddle and from there i just listened to neil peart ian pace a deep purple yeah you know um and then that got into you know of course grand funk donnie brewer those guys and then i kind of expanded once i got to you know 15 years old by 15 i was playing you know dream feeder and all that kind of stuff so it just kind of expanded and 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 my dad you know was my dad that that actually believe it or not had those records you know i think he knew that i would like it just because of the musicality and and the rhythm and melodies of these bands and obviously growing up to rush all those all those bands uh you know grew up listening to rush so they just kind of um explored that a little more and that's what i did well you can't be you can't be canadian and not know a who rush is 
and not be a rush fan. And I was going to also say that, I mean, you didn't waste any time. You just said, you know, I'm going to learn to play the drums. Let me just mimic Neil Peart, right? Like most people like graduate to him, not start with him learning, right? So hats off to you for uh, picking probably one of the toughest to try to, to, to try to replicate. I remember coming home from school and my dad got me this Sabian, Sabian tape. And it was all these drummers, those little clips of these drummers and their, their, their setups. But, you know, that's when, that's when you thought, like, you can actually make a living doing drum solos. But then you get older and you realize, like, that's just, that's just part of the show. Yeah, you kind of got to be part of a pretty cool band to make a living exactly. doing that. Exactly, yeah. Uh, but I, I, you know, would watch the Mike Portnoy thing, the Neil Peart thing. I got into Buddy Rich. A lot of the Dennis Chambers, uh, of course. You know, so many, so many drums, Virgil Donati, so many different styles and technique. I would kind of look at one one week and then watch the video, go to my kit, be like, oh, wait a minute, I got to watch the video again and go back right. before cell phones, right? Sure. And, yeah. and, and, it was on, and it was on a VHS. So I would study one drummer per week kind of thing and just switch back and forth. And then I think eventually I just created my own, my own style and, and stuff. And then I just kind of got, you know, just got, got into all kinds of different uh, drummers and styles of music. How long after the drums did the guitar follow? Like, did you get interested um, in the guitar right away, or did that come years down the line? I mean, it felt like the the kids in high school that played guitar and sang definitely got a lot more chicks than I did. But, uh, <laughs> uh, the <laughs> truth know, comes that, out. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Uh, but I remember being fascinated uh, just by uh, two great friends of mine, uh, Billy and Marilyn Martin, uh, who were, I was drumming for in the high school band. And, they're just incredible, incredible singers and musicians and talents. And I remember just being so envious of them because they, it was just so natural. Sure. And I want, I wanted that so bad, but you know, started looking up, looking up to them and, and wanting to, to be able to do that. So I just behind the scenes, dad taught me some basic chords yep. and stuff like that. And, and pretty like a lot of my friends that I hung out with were, were all guitar players here I was playing smoke on the water while they're doing fucking, you know, you know, Zach wild solos and, yeah. and Yngwie Malmsteen right. and I'm fucking playing smoke on the water. Right. But, uh, you got to start somewhere. Absolutely. Um, so that kind of came around, I'd say around, you know, 17, 18 started doing like just a Facebook video in my parents' basement and just see kind of what kind of reactions I'd have. And then I, you know, friends would kind of bust out a guitar and say, Hey, play that song at little gatherings and, Billy and Mary Lou always told me since I was 14, like, man, you gotta, you gotta start singing. What are you doing? Cause I would often, I started singing, I'd sing harmonies to everything. So I do all the harmonies for the most part on all my records. And I, I really do love singing harmony. So in the bands that I was in, it always, the singers would struggle finding notes or harmonies. And then I remember one time, uh, Billy was the, the music director at, uh, at, the, at our high school band. And he kind of stopped and was like, who's singing that? Who's, and I'm thinking like, Oh shit. I'm in trouble. And then, and then one of the girls goes like, and then he looked right at me. He's like, I knew it. It was you, wasn't it? I didn't have a mic. And then after that practice, and it was like, listen, we, we got to consider you. Like hell, I'm singing in front of anybody. Right. I'm yeah. fine behind my, I'll play in front of 10,000 people behind that kit, but I am not stepping behind a mic. Yeah. And then here I am today. How funny. <laughs> never say never is what they say, right? Yeah, that's right. They said exactly. And the first time for everything, I guess. For sure. And when did you decide, well, I, it, one thing you, you know, we talked earlier about we're kind of poured out of the same mold. And it's funny that you said that about the, the, the guitar that, you know, you, you couldn't pick up chicks with the guitar. And I tell the same story. Uh, I, I was, a, I was, a, right, exactly. <laughs> right. When did you decide that music would be a living for you? At what age did you finally come to the realization that you know all things considered i don't think i'm going to be a a fighter pilot i'm i'm not going to make a living playing hockey you know i i think music is going to be it for me when did you decide that uh i think it was right around that time i, I left uh, the royal military college i uh you know i just caught the bug and it was a lot of fun in my 20s you know playing bars and you know really being being the life of the party i think i was always kind of I guess attracted to that since I was a little kid there's pictures of me with sunglasses on and a wooden guitar when I'm like three years old or I'd grab my uncle Wolf's cowboy boots and rip around the house in these you know cowboy boots that were way too big for me but it made made my grandma laugh and people laugh and I think I've always just been a natural natural born entertainer I love to do that and 
you know, that's why every band I was in, I had to have a drum solo, but I, you know, I'd have fun with it and make, make sure people were going nuts. Yep. And I think it was just when I caught that bug and, and started, you know, at, at 21 years old, making a couple hundred bucks a week, still living with, with mom and dad was, was pretty, you know, pretty decent. And, you know, you start, you start getting more and more gigs and then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you get to, you have enough money, you can move out, pay groceries and, and a cell phone bill. And basically, you know, my dad always said like, you know, do what you love, love what you do. Absolutely. And, uh, I'm not rich, but you know, it, it's, it's something I love doing and I don't, I don't dread, dread, you know, doing. Yeah. Especially when there's, it's a, it's a big party. So, but I mean, as you get older and this turns into like a living, you yeah. know, I was, obviously there's a big business aspect of it too, which takes the fun away a little bit at times, but you know, there's, there's, there's always, there's ups and downs in, in everything you do. And, and now looking back, I, I got lots of buddies that are fighter pilots and you look at all the paperwork and the studying they, they have to do. It's oh, yeah. not, uh, not Tom Cruise where you give a couple high fives and hop in a $30 million jet and go rip around <laughs> right. and pull seven G's and chase MIGs. It's, it's yeah. just not like that. So right. I just, you know, I think you end up where you're supposed to be in a sense. And I, and I, and I, and I hope that's it. And, and, you know, I always told myself, I hope to, uh, the main thing, is I wanted to do music that I love, uh, writing and performing, but also that other people are going to love all different genres, uh, and, and just make people feel good. Yeah, you know, for make sure. Them feel something, uh, with my music and, and hopefully that's good enough to, to, uh, you know, to, to afford something cool, like a, an old warbird that I could fly around. And yep. now that I have my pilot license, you know, fly around and have some fun with that too. My biggest dream is to mix concerts and air shows again, because that's what I grew up on. Um, and I, no one's done that yet. Yeah. Do a there you concert go. air show tour. So that's something can be an innovator, right? That's, that's it, man. And yeah. I think it'd, it'd be a cool thing. Very cool. Well, one of my early guests, her name is, uh, Cindy Alexander and she's out of Big Sur, Big Sur, California. And I asked her kind of what, what is your definition of success? Because I think you mentioned it earlier, you know, I'm not rich, and I think she would probably, ma'am, maybe she is rich, but I mean, she would probably humbly tell you that, you know, I'm not rich either, but success to me, uh, this is her talking, is touching people with the music. Like you, you don't have to make millions of dollars to be successful. You have to love what you're doing and, and yeah. do what you love. And if it's you're touching bonus. people and if, yeah, oh no, I, I get it. I mean, the bills yeah. have to be paid, right? Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Money's a great byproduct of, of the fun that we have doing what we love, but mm-hmm. um, that doesn't always define success is, is my point. Right. I mean, you can make a hundred thousand dollars a year or have somebody that makes $50,000 and they think, I'm just as successful as he is. I'm happy. My family's taken care of. Right. Yeah, I don't make as much money, but I've got everything that I need. So it's. I think it's 100%. all relative. Yeah. yeah. Now you you have an album that is out, which is actually I think. And and please fact check me on the the chronological order and the music that you have out. But I think it's your second full length record, and it's called Who I Am. Is is that correct? That's the second. LP that yep. you've put out. Okay. Yep. But you also had three EPs out. One was Outlaws and Outsiders. One was Nashville Mornings and one was Nashville Nights. Correct. That's it. Yep. Okay, good. So I, I haven't fucked that all up yet. So uh, <laughs> explain to the listeners kind of why an artist would release an EP versus that of an LP or a full length record. Well, in my situation, the Outlaws and Outsiders EP was uh, came out around the time I had uh, uh, my first hit, which was Outlaws and Outsiders featuring uh, Travis Tritt, Mick Mars, and Motley Crue, and Ivan Moody of Five Finger Death Punch. Um, that was a, a U.S. Top 10 rock, ra- rock radio U.S. Top 10 hit for me, and I'm the first uh, ever Canadian country act to do that. So that was, that was a really uh, exciting time for me. At that time, I was also going across the United States with a band called Breaking Benjamin on 36 amphitheater dates. I had some dates up there with Alice Cooper as well in the U S and we were breaking into the UK and Australia. So the fact that the album wasn't out yet, uh, we did the outlaws EP, which featured outlaws and outsiders with, with the features and the original outlaws and outsiders before the features came on, but it also featured uh, three other tracks that are on the record. That being, I believe uh, better off my whiskey or wine, I forget the other one, uh, but it's just something to give to the fans. I had, I had, I didn't really have merch, so you got to have something to sell. 
And so we, we made that EP to, to sell at, uh, at venues and so on. And then COVID happened. So then we released the full length uh, album, Who I Am. And then what, what happened is since I wasn't touring yet because of COVID, we still wanted to give that, that album some life before releasing new music. So this, these EPs are different kind of different versions of the song. So the Nashville Mornings EP, again, these are all available everywhere on all streaming platforms. These, the EPs we didn't make uh, hard copies of, so okay. only available for streaming. But uh, Nashville Mornings was more like more Sunday mornings coming down. It's more the more related to the uh, country uh, side of the album Who I Am. Okay. So the kind of, you know, my whiskey or wine, I believe better off. Kind of this, you know, again, country, country side of, of Who I Am. And then Nashville Nights, the Nashville Morning Story uh, also included a cover of one of my, my favorite songs by, by my favorite artist, Merle Haggard, If I Can Only Fly. I did a little live off the floor acoustic version of that, which is on that EP, Nashville Mornings. And then Nashville Nights is the more rock side of my album, but it also includes my newest uh, release, uh, which is a song called In Me I Trust. And that's definitely more on the edge of rock side yeah. uh, for me. So that's why we released those, those EPs after the um, after the, the the debut album who I am or they properly name like Nashville mornings because it's more mellow like a morning time exactly. kind of song okay exactly I didn't know if Sunday that was mornings Sunday mornings coming down and then Nashville nights is uh, you know get it on. on the double yeah get get it on let's throw them back yep. and have a good weekend yep for sure now the LP who I am was produced we talked a little bit earlier about award winning producer Kevin Cherko out of Las Vegas and for those that don't know or don't have a clue who Kevin Cherko is. Kevin, I guess, was groomed under the watchful eye of, of, the, of the famous Mutt Lang, right? Who produced, geez, who, did, who didn't he produce, right? Def Leppard, Lady Gaga, Huey Lewis, Brian, I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on, right? Shania Twain. Shania Twain. And you had also mentioned that you were the first Canadian, well, I guess you're the first ever to have a country song on the American rock radio top 10. I'm the, right? I'm, I'm the first Canadian country artist, male okay. Canadian country artist to have a U a rock, uh, us top 10. Okay. At rock That's like a mouthful. Like you got to think about that. Like I'm a, yeah. I'm a, I'm a doing a, <laughs> uh, what does that mean to an artist to not only just chart, but to chart in the top 10, to have that accolade of, you know, Anybody can say, well, I had a song. It was like number 173 on the charts. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. But when you say, man, I was like, I had top 10, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, what what does that mean to you as an artist? Do you feel like you've arrived when you, you've kind of got that accolade? Or do you feel like there's still so much more to do? Oh, there's there's so much more to do. You got to take a zero off that ten, and then you know, and then have have a have a couple more of those. Right. You know, that's that's the ultimate goal and the dream. Um, but you know, I had a, a great conversation with uh, my buddy Travis Tritt uh, a few weeks ago. We talked for a couple hours, actually, just catching up and talking business and all this stuff, and making sure we're we're all good. And you know, he just wanted to let me know that you know that's it's a really huge thing that that I did and. and said, you know, I, I hope you realize that, like, you know, you got a top 10 at us rock radio and that's a huge thing. Uh, not only just in general, but as a country act, you did it. And he says, and, and you gave me my first, uh, top 10 hit at rock, rock radio as well. Yeah. So that, that's a pretty cool, uh, that's definitely a huge compliment, but a, a pretty cool, um, thought if you will. And, um, you know, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, I'm very thankful and incredibly proud of that, that moment. But you know, the, the fact that, uh, U.S. Rock Radio took a chance on me, and uh, right out of the gates, my debut single, we're all over it. And obviously, having Ivan Moody of Five Finger Death Punch and, and Mick Mars of Motley Crue, and of course Travis Tritt on there, did did a lot for me. And I'm very thankful for for those features as well. And those those guys, they've they've been they've been really really amazing people and and friends uh, sure. since since then. And and you probably know, mentors to a certain degree, right? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I grew up on Motley Crue and Travis, and and man, I, you know, of course, crushing workouts to 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 Five Figure Death Punch, and and not only Ivan and Zoltan and those guys, but you know, the new guitar player Andy. But you know, I'm really good friends with Jason Hook now too. Like that was the that's where I stayed the first night here in Vegas on Sunday, and they just been like they just been great to me and kind of take me under their wing. But to have to have that hit Outlaws and Outsiders. And, and seeing how how it 
the reaction, not only in North America, but globally. Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest thing as an artist for me and a songwriter is to have fans not only listen to your music but and love it, but connect to your music. Sure. Connect with your music. Doesn't matter if you're country, rock, or whatever yeah. you are, they love it. And no matter what they're into, whether that's country, rock, or metal, they're loving it too. And I think that uh, that says says a whole lot of things. Well, I think it's mega special when you get to the point where you're writing these songs. And kind of case in point, I was watching a YouTube video one evening of Adele, and she was back home and singing. And I think it was what do they call it? The Royal Albert Hall or whatever it is in England. You know, this famous venue. And mm-hmm. she's singing one of her hit songs and all of a sudden the crowd just takes over the singing yeah. and she stops and she just gets into the moment and lets them sing to her. And she literally breaks down on stage like it was so meaningful, like to hear 10,000 fit or however many people are in this arena, right? That I are singing be, your be, songs like that is I'd so be happy cool. to ball my eyes out in front of 10,000 people. Absol- them singing my Absolutely. Song. I, I there's no that. shame in that. Yeah. There's no shame I in that. that <laughs> exactly. That happens. Exactly. Well, that's a great segue. I want to share a clip of the song outlaws and outsiders off the who I am release. And we'll come back after we listen to the, a little piece of that and chat about the song. Fair enough. Sounds good, brother. Right, Thank man. you. Raise them up a little higher. Riders, outlaws and outsiders. Some call me a renegade, the enemy. Throw your hands up if you feel the same. Oh, living life at the edge. Just say what you want to say. Walk away. I'll stand tall in this hell. I was born in the dark with a fearless heart and a taste for the other side. I was a crazy ass kid, all the shit I did, I'm amazed that I'm still alive. Before I change with a little bit of age, but you know I never will. Takes too much time to walk straight That's a great edgy tune there, Corey. Uh, I, I, I enjoy the song. It's kind of interesting because uh, being a musician myself and playing shows, you know, I, I play everything kind of all over the map cover wise. But historically, I was never a Travis Tritt fan up until I saw him on YouTube doing like his acoustic shows. And I happened to stumble across one of those and I'm like, holy shit. This guy, he's legit. Man. He's looking legit as, sh- and probably I to to preface that because that that sounds kind of like, well, you didn't like Travis Tritt, but I was never historically a country fan. I was always the rock pig. I was a rock guy, right? And 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 it wasn't until later I became a solo artist, a duo artist, and started covering multiple genres because you have to do that when you're that kind of artist. Man, I like I saw him play in the song anymore and and then several oh, yeah. of his and I'm like, oh, this guy has got an amazing voice. He's a great guitar picker. So I, I had this I developed this whole new love for Travis Tritt. And then, you know, when I saw the video, I'm like, wow, you're collaborating with Travis. This, this is pretty cool here. Right. So very, very blessed to have him. uh you know, uh, as part of my career, a big part of my career, and better yet to call him a friend. So I'm, I'm absolutely thankful for him and, and touring with him up here in Canada. We did a, a number of dates here, and that was one of my favorite parts of his show. He sits down in his chair and he just picks that that acoustic guitar. But it's it's just it's bare, it's raw, it's and it's on key, which yeah, uh, sure you don't really see that much no. these days. So it, it's just 
it's it, he's an incredible talent and, and a great guy and yeah man i think he, he like i said he's he's just he's the real deal yep and this this song is now certified gold in canada am i correct yes, sir what is yes, sir. tell the listeners what that means to have a certified gold single what does that mean well well to me i mean it's a, it's a huge honor to to have a gold record here in canada and uh my first and and hopefully not my last and you know, it's just for me, especially lets me know that people are listening and people are loving, loving what we're doing and loving this sound. And um, I think it's just something different. I'm like I said, I've always said I, I, uh, I, I think, you know, I'd like to give country music a, a different lane. I mean, it's really up that, I guess, bro country, if you will, and, and pop, you know, there's not really there's no one really doing it like this in country or in rock. So I hope to change the game a little bit that way. And, um, you know, gold records, especially in Canada, is proof that, um, you know, people are loving this sound. And this yeah. Music. Well, I dig the uh, kind of the, the 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 grid of the country like I'm a I'm a I consider myself a a newly a new fan of country just because of the the path that that my music has taken but i I like the harder edge stuff too like your your stuff sounds real it's it's edgy it's gritty and it's just something that you can kind of pump your fist to in fact my wife terry and i were watching the video the other night the one that has travis uh Ivan and Mick in it and mm-hmm. she said man I just feel like going and breaking shit after watching that you know like like what what Walt what can we get a little mosh pit going here you know kind That's of awesome. thing right yeah so I like her style yeah so this song now is fast approaching 23 million downloads on Spotify and the record has I think I didn't like use a calculator, but I just quickly looked and I think this thing is approaching somewhere around a hundred million downloads and this is just it's, Spotify. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Spotify, I believe around the, the album itself is around 35 million streams, but, but through all platforms, we're right around that hundred million mark now. Yeah. Uh, between, uh, yeah, for uh, 100 million streams b- between Apple and music and, and uh, Amazon, Spotify, all that good stuff, YouTube. So, again, that's just proof to me that people are listening, people are loving it, and, you know, we're not going anywhere. Absolutely. Now, did you have a feeling about the Who I Am release, like, before it was released and that that it would be, say, more successful than the first? I mean, what, what kind of feeling did you have, you know, after it was done? Did you feel really good about it? I mean, I, I felt really good about it because they're my stories. It's my life. But uh, I think a lot of folks can relate to it, uh, guys and girls. And, um, you know, it's just it's just it's the good, it's the bad and the ugly of, of life, really. And Absolutely. Everyone kind of goes through it. I'm not the only one, it, you know, breakups and, and uh, breakups and hookups and all. all got, oh, yeah, yeah. Stuff. All the ups, right? Uh, yeah, all the ups. Yeah, all the ups. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, COVID really messed that up because I think, you know, if I would have had the, the close to 100 dates on a global global scale that I was supposed to have, you know, definitely def, those numbers would have been a lot higher. But absolutely, I'm I'm forever grateful for what did happen. And I think I think having a 100,000 plus streams during a pandemic is still a, a great achievement for, <laughs> for a debut artist. So I'm just I'm just blown away by the uh, reaction again, not only here in North America and Canada and the U.S., but just just globally. Like, I can't believe the, the fans from Brazil and Russia and I mean uh, UAE, yeah. you know Germany, UK, you name it, man. Like I remember when I would go live uh, during the pandemic when it first started, right? You know, I'd go live on Instagram every Wednesday, and I think Facebook was Friday. But on both those platforms, I would always count well over twenty different nations tuning in. That's awesome. Which is just incredible. That is yeah. cool. That is cool. And and to your point. You know, my show is just in the first season, but I'm looking at some of the statistics on it. And when I see that I'm I, I'm listened to in 20 countries, that's yeah. to me, that's pretty badass because I had no expectations of what the right. what the show would do. And right. um, I, I, you know, in the grand scheme of things, when we start talking about guys like the Eddie Trunks and the Joe Rogans who have probably been heard and, you know, 73 million different places like but but that's that's to me that's a big thing right and kind of like to you i mean we always strive for the next level you always have to take that zero off the 10 like you said like if you're not first you're last is kind of the mentality bobby absolutely (laughs) exactly now there's another song from the record that's making a splash 
and it's a song called Blame It on the Double. And I wanted to give the listeners a, a little peek of that, and we'll come back and chat a little bit about that one as well. Cool? Let's do it. All right. 15, before last call, I'm shooting back Jack, spooking out a fireball. The boots on me, six feet tall, I want to love her like a butterfly, just like the bell is on. Right there on the wrong side of town, drunk ex-boyfriend running his mouth. Hold my drink, it's about to go Another anthem song, man. I, I, I dig that one as well. And what, what is, yeah. The, tell me what inspired the writing of that song. I think it was just kind of, um, just kind of, you know, how, how it was. It's just, uh, you know, growing up in, in a blue collar town and a blue collar city and, and, uh, you know, just, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of, a lot of us just, just kind of living for the weekend, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, I'm a Jack Daniels guy myself. I've been, I've been lots of ice hockey fights and quite a bit of street <laughs> fights too. So it's just kind of reminiscent on, on my past and my heydays and, you know, my twenties, early, early twenties, I should say, you know, and just, you know, just, just having a good time, letting loose and, and just enjoying it. And, 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 you know, if, you know, if you get in a little bit of, you get in a little bit of trouble, I mean, that's, that's often what people right. do, man. I just, I just, you know, I, I had that double or had yeah. that extra shot. Maybe I shouldn't have, <laughs> but you know, it's all in good fun. It's all about having a good time. They actually fight in hockey. That's amazing. Pardon? They actually fight in hockey. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, I was like, Is this <laughs> are they staged? Are they real? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> well, just, just look at the amount of hockey players that smile on the bench. The yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, you, you can't, uh, you can't be lighthearted and, uh, be a hockey player not an effective hockey player anyway there's got to be a, a rough side to you for sure well now, there's always that that saying you know what happens on the ice stays stays on the ice you know i've, I've definitely uh, gotten some scraps on the ice and go up and have a beer after absolutely you know, you know, absolutely on weekend or something so i, I tell people i tell people that all the time i said what a what a great sport where you can uh, have a difference or not like something about the person you're playing against, smash them in the face and then have a beer in the parking lot with them afterwards. Right. I mean, I mean, how much better does it get than that? Right. We'll go at it again in the parking lot Ab- and have a beer. Absolutely. <laughs> and then, uh, then fry some fish up in the parking lot and have a little fish fry. So there you, there you go. Yep. Now, Tommy Lee from Motley Crue, I think made an appearance in that video as well as uh, I think it was Jason Hook from, Five Finger Death Punch was in that. Now, did both of the guys play on the song or did they make cameos in the video? Talk to me a little bit about the musicianship behind the song. Yeah, so it also features Tyler Conley of Theory of a Dead Man. He's a guest vocalist on there. And Jason Hook does the beautiful kick-ass guitar solos and guitar riffs. Tommy Lee, that's actually a part of the movie The Retaliator. So my label, Better Noise, I was just recently in LA for the red carpet and premiere of that movie, The Retaliators, and Blame It on the Double is featured in that movie, and I'm also featured in the movie as Jimmy the Bartender, so I make an appearance, on-screen appearance. Um, but that's that that video uh, specifically has clips of it is Jason uh, Tyler and I rocking out and you know crushing some whiskey, having a good time to the song. But those other clips are little okay. captions of the movie, the retaliators that, that makes sense. But I think that Tommy or, you know, like Motley Crue, uh, 6am, they're all tied to better noise, right? Uh, yes, those, those are my label mates and I'm the first and only country artist on that label. So I'm label mates with Motley Crue, 6am, uh, five figure death punch, Papa Roach, I believe in flames is on there too. Bad wolves. So it's pretty cool. Jesus, did they haze you at all? I mean, did you get hazed because you were the country guy? <laughs> Not too bad anyway. You're right. No. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a country guy, but, uh, you know, I like With a rock heart, so. right? Yeah. Yeah. With yeah. You, you're, you're in by rock default man. is what they say. Yeah. You're in by yeah. default because you like, you are an Aussie yeah. fan, right? Yeah, exactly. There was another song off the record that, uh, that I'd like to share with the listeners and it's called Better Off. Let's, uh. Let's treat him to that. We'll come back and chat about that one for just a second. Hell yeah. Driving around trying to clear my head. 
it's a song again. Just wanna be alone, but you're blowing up my phone. Don't wanna turn around. I know you let me down. You call me, I fall. You don't love me at all, yeah, baby. Probably hands down my favorite song on the on the record. I, I, I like all of them, but you know, there's always one that just pops for for somebody for one reason or another. I think that's the one for me. That's why I picked it. You know, the the other two certainly had a lot of airplay and a lot of downloads, but I think this one's probably close to two million downloads now. Uh, but it is I, now on Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. Does songwriting come easy for you or is it something that you got to work at? It depends. I mean, some of my friends would say because uh, it's easy because of, I don't know how many times during a performance I'll, you know, if a girl comes on stage or whatever or something in the crowd and I just, I'll just start randomly. I'll just make up a song on the spot. And I, I do that quite often. And I think it's just fun. It's kind of comedic. And like I said, I like making people laugh sure. and making them feel good. So, uh, but it's, it's usually, it's typically easy when you're, when you're writing from the heart and writing from, you know, real experiences. You know, I, I like to think I've, I've lived a pretty, pretty blessed, but pretty wild life so far. So uh, there's lots to talk about. There's, there's, there's love, there's loss. There's, yeah. there's all, all kinds of things. So, um, a song like that really is is uh you know but based on it's definitely a personal song to me and that one was fairly easy to write just based on what i was going through but i know there's a lot of people you know whether it's your girlfriend your boyfriend a family member a, a friend a best friend sometimes you, you realize you're just better off without them and that's yeah. that's the unfortunate truth it's kind of sad but true sure but um you know that's really what that song's about sometimes you have to cut the losses right and uh that's it. And, and move on cut the losses to yeah. win Absolutely. Better off. Talk to me about the band. Uh, who are the players? Where are they from? Where did you find them? Um, I found them on Kijiji. <laughs> what the fuck uh, is that? <laughs> that's probably a Canadian thing. Yeah. Um, it's it's like, a, <laughs> on, you know, you can find stuff online. <laughs> like okay. a, a, people are giving shit away. You just buy from them. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> They'll so, appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the scrapyard. I found them on, on Amazon. <laughs> right. Um, no, I just uh, just just through connections and um, you know, right now my my fiddle player, the beautiful, the awesome Julian Chadburn, is, is is from my my neck of the woods. Her uh, her husband used to used to play bass for me, but um, he plays for another Canadian band here. Chris Chircos, my bass player, is a is a Canadian boy, but uh, he, he's down in Nashville. And, and again, my, my, uh, my, my bass player's brother, uh, used to play for me as well. He plays in the same band as, as, uh, my fiddle player's husband. So it's kind of funny. Uh, so we did the old <laughs> kind of incest- incestual there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so they, they, they came over and joined the wild side. Maybe it was a little too crazy for them. But, uh, uh, Greg, Greg Keys is also in Nashville. It's an all Canadian band, but a lot of them are, are, are out of Nashville. And uh, Carlos on drums, I think I was just through a connection in Toronto, and, and he's he's been with me for the last four years. And then, of course, uh, the newest member, the, the the awesome, the kid, Alex Walls, uh, he's from Sault Ste. Marie, and uh, but Another he's been Sioux. in Nashville for yeah, from the Sioux, yeah. From the Sioux. But he's been he's been in Nashville for uh, a couple years now. But he's a he's a big metalhead like like all of us, you know. Loves Pantera, loves Van Halen, and loves Kiss. So he's just a great uh, great guitar player and a great dude. And um, we're just we're just a bunch of you know 
basically metalhead rockers <laughs> hillbilly love rockers music. right <laughs> yeah i love country music uh still and and like mixing that up and that yeah and, and i think uh the, the the sound that we've created you know uh myself kevin and kane and, and just doing our thing it gives those country players and country lovers a chance to to really to really rock out too. absolutely so that, that's that's been a lot of fun absolutely now, is there a, a current tour that's planned for you? I know, you know, you're trying to get back out from COVID. I don't know what you have lined up or if you have anything lined up. What can you talk to the listeners about as far as upcoming uh, tour? Well, we were, right? we, were just, uh, we were just in Arizona playing the uh, Big Sting Music Festival. And a month before that, we, were, uh, we went across. We did a several dates with uh, Hailstorm across the U.S. And it was a lot of fun to get back out there. And um Right now, we're just we're, that's that's exactly what we're doing. We're trying to get on a, a U.S. tour here, uh, hopefully in the first or second quarter of uh, 2022. Um, with that, would come new music. So that's yeah. that's the whole plan. We're trying to get locks and dates in uh, earlier on. Like I said, first or second quarter, and then and then better yet, uh, big summer tour. Good come 2022, and that that will definitely include uh, new music and, and a new album. You talked a little bit. You know, you're out in Vegas. You're recording. And I don't want you to divulge any more about that project than you than you want to. But it, is there anything about that new project that you can talk about? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. It's, uh, um, I definitely think it's in some some cases or some songs rather. It's it's definitely more uh, more country. Uh, but I, I like to say it's still got that stank though. There's still yep. some like uh, the songs we wrote and cut uh, this week are definitely on the rock side, and I think they're going to be great for uh, you know rock radio, hard rock. Uh, but we got some, we got some, in my opinion, some some country hits on this record awesome. that are uh, undeniable. So I'm, and, and they're, they're they're real. They're songs from the heart, and and then we have those kind of fun country country songs, you know that that lean a little. They're a little different for me because they're. I don't I don't like the I don't like to use the, the term pop because people think you know pop. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's just catchy, very yeah. catchy, and uh, a lot of hooky, fun. Yeah. Hooky, and yep. still got those driving guitars though. So it's uh, I'm really excited for this 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 album because it really is a perfect mix of country and rock and hard yeah. rock. So I'm 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 definitely. Uh, excited about this one that's good i mean because you're not you're not pigeonholing yourself into a genre you know you could you could float over into to rock easily you know you can go on the countryside you're and that's great from a from a business standpoint too uh that that you're not pigeonholing i'm just i'm just doing like i said I'm, i'm i'm writing and making music that i love and that I hope people are going to love. And like I said, make people feel good or make, make people feel something. But most of Absolutely. all, uh, just make them feel great. And that's, that's uh, and, you know, make them, make them think, make them reminisce and make them want more and, you know, just, just make them feel. And most of all, just, you know, get those country fans, rock fans, hard rock fans, any genre of fan, you know, any, any, any kind of fan, whatever they like. I just hope they say, hey, man, that Corey Marks is pretty kick-ass. I love his shit. Yeah, that's, that's, absolutely. The whole, that's the whole goal. Give, give, give people something different. Absolutely. Now, where can the listeners find you on social media? Well, I'm, I'm really big on Instagram. Like I'm, I'm checking that every day. I write to my fans whenever I get messages. So it's, it's, it's me. I know there's, there's been so many fake accounts, but my account are at Corey Marks Music, and that's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And uh, look for the blue check marks, uh, especially on, on on Instagram. Certified, that's the one and only account that I have, and that's me talking to you and, and commenting. And uh, so, please do follow me, and, and uh, don't forget to subscribe to uh, my YouTube channel yep. as well, Corey Marks. And then you also have a website, CoreyMarks.com, correct? CoreyMarks.com. Yeah, it has. Uh, there's a merch store on there. Uh, there's some. All the, the CDs and EPs uh, I do sign personally. And if, if you'd like your hat signed as well, there's hats online as well. And I sign, uh, I sign all that stuff. Sometimes write letters to fans and, and all that. So there's a merch store on there. Uh, tour dates are available, music, all that good stuff at CoreyMarks.com. Awesome. A couple of quick fire questions for you. Uh, if if you had a, had a choice to live somewhere, would it be Nashville or North Bay? That's a tough one. All the quick fire questions. <laughs> yeah, right. All the quick fire. Everybody says, okay, you, you asked me all these questions and they were all pretty easy. Then you get to these quick fire questions, which are supposed to be fun. And they're the hardest questions, right? Because there, there's really no definitive answer. 
I would say Nashville simply because uh, we wouldn't have to shovel snow, and I know my parents would love to go there. My <laughs> dad right. loves that place. So uh, for my parents' sake, I'm going to say Nashville. There you go. TV or radio? TV. Perfect vacation for Corey Marks. I would say uh, just because I haven't been and the weather's great, I'd, I'd say like a Florida, like an air show somewhere in Florida, somewhere hot. Right on. Yeah, something like that. Acoustic or electric? That's uh, that's hard because I love them both. Yeah, they're both unique, right? I'll, yeah, I'll say I'll say acoustic simply because you can just pick it up and, and sing sing to a party if you, if you want to. Absolutely. Early bird or night owl? Depends how much whiskey I drank the night before. <laughs> There's a dependency on that answer, is there? Maybe I'm still up. <laughs> right, exactly. Maybe I never went to bed. Exactly. Oh. Favorite place to play? Now, you can plead the fifth on that. Uh, you know, some people don't like to, you know, show preferential, like, I like this place better than that place. But is there a room that you've played over the years that you're like, man, the favorite, sound was favorite. just like badass in there. Like, it was just the room. Favorite place to play is the the place with the, the biggest and loudest crowd. How about that? Fair enough. Favorite song to play live? Uh... I'll go Outlaws and Outsiders because uh, the majority of the people know that one. Formal training or play by ear? Play by ear. <laughs> Do you have a number one influential musician, individual musician, or band? Uh, well, it's that, that's also a tough one, just because I, I have I, I do have a lot, and I come from a crazy background of music you know with with what I listen to. But I'd say overall, as a singer songwriter, just because I admire him so much. Uh, He's one of those writers that that wrote from the heart. He's, I think, he's one of a kind, and um, you know, I think he is country music, and that's the great, late, great Merle Haggard. Yeah, I thought you were going to say Gordon Lightfoot there for a minute. Everybody's got to uh, like Gordy from the from the Great White not a North. Chance. <laughs> <laughs> not a I do like Gordy, but Merle Haggard's the the king. Man. There you go. Greatest song of all time for Corey Marks. I'm going to say "Time Stands Still" by Rush. Interesting. I never would have thought that. Yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, that's a special moment for me because uh, the last time I saw, I saw Rush and it was with my dad and obviously he's a huge inspiration to me and uh, they opened with Time Stand Still and I remember this emotion, I, I can't even explain it, I, I felt if I were to say something to my dad I would just break out bawling and it was just this, uh, you know, I'm all these years of listening to, to Rush with my dad driving the hockey and from hockey and picking up from school and all that kind of stuff get to see. And, and the, the lyric, if, you, if, if, if for everyone listening and of course yourself, you know, if you listen to the lyrics, I mean, time stands still, just that line freeze this moment a little bit longer, make, make each sensation a little bit stronger, a little bit stronger. Yep. I'll never get that back. But no. I'll always remember that feeling with my dad. And it was funny when we were on the, we were on the, the train back to the hotel. We were just completely, we didn't say anything. And then all of a sudden I was like, Hey dad, I got to, you know when they started with time stands and we both just started laughing because it turns out he was feeling the same way. Yeah, we just wanted to absolutely. hug each other even though we were two feet apart. Yeah. You know, it was just a crazy moment I, for me. So, so I'd say time stands still. It's funny that you say that because as, you're, as you started, as soon as you said that, the first thing that came to my mind was freeze this moment a little bit longer, make each sensation a little bit stronger. It's like the... It stronger. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. And I mean, there's just really cool production there. And of course, Neil being Neil. And if you listen to Getty's bass playing when he's singing, it's fucking insane. You know, it's it's crazy what he's actually playing. when he, And I saw it live. He plays that while he's singing. He does these crazy bass licks. And then Alex doing his thing is just, they're just an incredible band. And that was an incredible moment for me. And I'm, before I answer the next question, if there is one, uh, I must say just because of uh you asked of formal training or, or by ear. I got to tell you, everything I've learned and everything I've done is by ear, has been done by ear. I can't read or write music, except for lyrics, obviously. And yep. the only thing I ever failed was grade 10 music. Wow. So hope my music teacher's listening. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Corey, listen, thanks for joining the show. I wish you guys continued success. I'm glad that we were able to connect. I know there were some challenges there just with schedules being crazy and whatnot but we persevered and and we got through this thing so i thank you for being on you guys make sure you go out on spotify 
and iTunes and, and listen to Corey's music. I, I think it needs to be listened to uh, for sure. He has some great stuff out there. Also, make sure you go and visit CoreyMarks.com. Corey has a lot of great merch out there for sale, so go get it while the getting's good. As always, I ask the listeners to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Make sure to follow Corey on all of his social media outlets. As always, you can find Backstage Pass Radio on Facebook at Backstage Radio Podcast, on Instagram at Backstage Pass Radio, on Twitter at Backstage Pass PC, and on the website at BackstagePassRadio.com. You guys make sure to take care of yourselves and each other, and we'll see you right back here on the next episode of Backstage Pass Radio. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Backstage Pass Radio. Make sure to follow Randy on Facebook and Instagram at Randy Halsey Music and on Twitter at R Halsey Music. Also make sure to like, subscribe, and turn on alerts for upcoming podcasts. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure to share the link with a friend and tell them Backstage Pass Radio is the best show on the web for everything music. We'll see you next time right here on Backstage Pass Radio.